What's happening, people? Welcome back to the show. My guests today are Johnny and Youssef from Propane Fitness, and it is another Life Hacks episode. If you're unfamiliar, we run through our favorite tools, apps, websites, strategies, and resources for a productive and efficient life. Everything that we go through is linked in the show notes below. If I've managed to find discount codes or anything like that, it should be down there. So today, expect to learn how to crush singing happy birthday while Youssef is leaving Evernote the most fun way to spend £12, how to get YouTube premium for 94 pence, the ultimate warm-up routine, why Johnny is now the most interesting person in the room, how to sleep in Amsterdam airport, and much more. On top of that, the next couple of weeks are looking mad for guests, including Dr. David Sinclair, one of the world's leading longevity experts, Rob Reed talking about bioweapons, Rupert Spira, Ryan Long, the comedian, Daniel Schmachtenberg is back on for another episode, Danny Trejo, the world-famous Hollywood actor, James Nestor, the guy that wrote Breath, J.P. Sears, comedian, Stuart Russell, the guy behind The Alignment Problem, and Ryan Holiday back on for round two. It really is a uh, jam-packed couple of months coming up and the best thing you can do to continue to support the show if you love what i do share this with a friend there's three buttons in the bottom press copy link and just post it in a group chat or fire it on a work intranet or something that's the only thing that i would ask of you that and making sure that you've pressed subscribe obviously but you've done that haven't you you've done that because you're a good human and you're not a waste of space in other news this episode is brought to you by Reebok. I just spent a weekend away in the lakes with Reebok testing out a super secret new shoe that I can't tell you about just yet. But I also got to stress test some of their new materials, their t-shirts and their shorts. The stuff that the girls were wearing I couldn't fit into, but it looked great. Uh, head to reebok.co.uk and use the code MW20 for 20% off everything site-wide. I highly recommend their Myonit shorts and t-shirts. It's the best material that I've ever found to train in or to travel in. Also, they've got their Nanos on there, the Nano 11s, the best training shoes in history. Their Legacy lifters are also there, and you can get 20% off all of those items with the code MW20 at Reebok.co.uk. That's available across all of Europe, but not America yet. Sorry. In other other news. This episode is brought to you by DW Aligners. You can get the perfect straight smile that you have always dreamed of 70% cheaper than other invisible align methods within three to six months. It's an easier, quicker, and cheaper way to get the smile that you've always dreamed of while still receiving all the support and expertise that you would traditionally. Plus, they also offer great finance plans. You use their at-home impression kit and digital scanners around the UK, combined with their artificial intelligence system, which is half a billion scans deep and counting. On top of that, you get a treatment coordinator to help you every step of the way. If you think that you need to sort your smile out and make it just a little bit neater, a little bit straighter, go to dwaligners.co.uk and you can get it 70 cheaper than other invisible align methods. I'm halfway through my procedure and I've been really impressed with them so far. That's dwaligners.co.uk. But now it's time to learn some life hacks with Johnny and Youssef.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the show. It is another Life Hacks episode, tools, techniques, and tactics for productive and efficient life. I tried to get some of the world's most productive people on to join me today, but none of them are available. Then I asked Dominic Cummings. He wasn't available. So I've settled for Johnny Newseff from propanefitness.com. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. What have you been doing recently, other than the first time that we've been out for food in a venue post-pandemic so far? Happened last night. Not much. Well, it feels like I'm doing a lot, but that's just like occasionally leaving the house and going to places, which feels like, <laughs> God, like I can't handle this. Novelty. My, my calendar's really strained. Novelty. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying like the slow... I'm pleased that there's like a there's a roadmap of, of gradual release because I think if it had just been in your house for a year and then like features of Apple products like you don't want the virtual reality headset right now we want it yeah. to be drip fed that's to a, us over the that's a great way of looking at it I don't think anyone would be ready for like augmented reality so you need to phase it in fine, don't you fine yeah just push it back keep on pushing it back by four weeks anyway uh, on this episode if you're not familiar with life hacks. We go through whatever we've come up with to make life a little bit more efficient and effective over the last few months since our last episode. All the links to everything that we talk about, if there's any discount codes or whatever, will be in the show notes below. And as is tradition, up first is a hot potato for Jonathan Watson. There you go, Johnny. What have you, what have you got it. for us? Got it. Uh, I have a, an automation, a phone, an iPhone automation. Now, as we were just talking about, I just have... Uh, an old cheap chatty iphone xr so i'm sure the new ones can just do this automatically but one of the automations i have set up is to automatically turn on low power mode at a low battery percentage which just gives me peace of mind a little bit gives little me bit a nice landing strip doesn't it mm-hmm. Hang on. is that not inbuilt already at 20 percent? is there not an option that pops up and says battery is low do you want to turn on low power mode yeah. I don't even get that. I don't get that. It just, it's already on. So Somewhere. when battery, battery 20%, when battery hits 20%, just turns on. There's an automation that runs that just turns on low power mode. So you've saved yourself from this notification that I'm talking about. Because nice. the notification happens quite a lot, doesn't it? Moderately. Yeah. Frequently, yeah. So, so how do you do it? Where do you find the automation? So it's in, you know, the there's like a shortcuts uh, app inside yep. of your iPhone in there. So if you have it just to play around, it's something that I've wanted to like ask you both about whether you have any of these. Maybe there'll be some coming up today. But there's there's loads of stuff you can do. You can like custom code things. The most advanced I've got is I have a shortcut to my inbox in OmniFocus and I, it turns on low power mode. But it's just little things that you do all the time that you can, you can just make your iPhone do for you. I made He's one. about to produce one. I made one that turns that blue light on there behind the vertical bookcase in my bedroom. And it's also Hey Siri uh, enabled. So Hey Siri, turn on the bedroom light. That comes on. Big pimpin. That's cool. Big pimpin. Ali Ali Abdals is, okay, Google, turn on fire and ice, and all fucking hell breaks loose in the room (laughs) where where he records his videos. Like, Things descend from the ceiling. This small woman comes up. Venice, uh, Consuela comes out of the floor and makes sure that she swept everything and cleared it away. And then she descends back into the basement. You've got to wonder why he's got a Google Home thing there. Yeah, That's with her was, about. That was my first thought. That kind of weakens the whole thing. Like it's cool, but obviously, I'm pretty so, sure it's okay. Google. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Shortcuts are coming to Mac in November. 
which is going to be big. Will it? Because are most <laughs> shortcuts not already enabled by third-party applications? Alfredo. Yes, but so what What shortcuts for Mac is going to be is an overlay of Automator, because Automator's a bit big and scary. It's like that. there's Terminal for the real Navy SEALs, and then there's Automator for like the, the infantry, and then there's shortcuts for the Kindergartens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> precisely. Okay, cool. So automatically turn on low power mode and you go into shortcuts for that. Yusef, the Smith Meister, so what have you got I, for us? I suppose I've got to start with the biggest announcement of the year is that I'm leaving Evernote. It's oh, official. Oh, okay. To and go so to... Apple Notes, after all that, it was right under our noses. No. Chris's sort of slowly emerging smug face as he's just talking. Yeah. So, funnily enough, Apple Notes over time has just become more and more robust, stable, fast, and Evernote has managed to... I've never seen a software company manage to actively kamikaze themselves. Like, <laughs> it, it, They were doing so well. And First then, mover advantage, huge customer base, really bought in uh, community. And then they just pulled the pin. They were like, oh, you know what would be great? If we just knack nuke it. our building, and just knock every, yeah. <laughs> just send all of our customers a poo in the post. Yeah. Okay, that's, so that's the um, of what, they've done. what are the three things that have meant, made you leave Evernote and what are the three things that have made you uh, go to Apple Notes? Speed. So Evernote used to be fast, external brain, being able to quickly access anything, the command bar, and they got rid of the command bar and they made it slower. Now, those two things alone, for something that's supposed to function as an external brain, means it's no longer fit for purpose. You, you, your, your brain cannot have a lag, even if it's only a five or a 10 second lag. The mobile app can be up to 30 seconds and that's, it's not acceptable for something. So even though there's a few features that you might lose, I think for the sake of Apple Notes with the Alfred shortcuts so that it's basically you can access a note from anywhere, definitely worth it. And there's a few exciting things coming to Apple Notes as well, which is tags and quick note. So you can just have like in the corner of a screen a kind of working memory.txt that Cal Newport calls it to just bung things in. So if you're in a web page or whatever, you can keyboard shortcut, just send it straight to that quick note and deal with it later. Something that you can do now on iPhone is change one of the settings so that, you know, when you swipe in from the top, the control center, there's a note button and you can ask it to always open up the same one. And that can be your oh, like brain dump. You can active. Yeah. Your working memory thing. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, why, cool. why not notion? Notion's good, but it's not really a writing it's not really a writing app. It's more of a workspace. Like we use Notion with Propane. It's great for collaboration and tables and internal databases. And it's good for organizing like bits of information, content feed, that kind of thing. Um, but it's cloud-based. It's not, you don't own your notes. And so if you're offline, you can't access stuff. Right. So yeah, if if they introduce offline mode, which they keep saying they won't, but if someone comes along and did that, mm. I have to say, so for the people that aren't really into note-taking, as I really haven't ever been, I, I started on Evernote because you told me to, and I used it for a bit, and it was okay. It was more 
power usery, I guess, than Apple Notes. But I've just checked here. I have 1,824 notes on Apple Notes. Um, every uh, set of notes for a guest for an episode is on there. All of the tracking for my adverts and stuff are on there. For the more power-based stuff, it really is far too unsophisticated because it's just a, a really slimmed-down Word document. Um, but for the seamless stuff like you're talking about and the brain-dumping stuff, it really is great. That being the said... synchronization as well between devices. It's like, seamless. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll be outside in the garden or I'll go for a walk listening to a guest, noting down some things I might want to talk to them about, and then I can be finishing a note as I walk in the door and see it pop up on the computer as I walk toward it, which is... Yeah. It's shit-hot, right? When this is the advantage of going single architecture, single operating system, Apple across everything, but you can seamlessly link your AirPods between different devices and switch between the two and all the rest of it. Um, what do you use, Johnny? So it's it's interesting hearing you talk about your, your Apple Notes volume because when you have told me this, I looked at my Apple Notes and I have 1,529 notes. And I was saying this to Yusuf that like I try to use... Um, so I try to use no- I try to use Evernote, yeah. and I try to use Notion, then I try to use Craft, um, all on kind of use as Yusuf's evolved through this journey. Kind of people have we're just lagging behind him, holding onto the coattails <laughs> yeah. of the, the premium but, productivity guy. But, but when when I like need to write something down, I just without even thinking about it, I open my Default. phone, and I open Apple Notes, and I just make a quick note, and then. But why is that? Because it's, it's quick. It's just yeah. like yeah. There's, there's a minimum no... lag. Yeah, so like I suppose with Evernote, like you open it up and then you make a note, and then you've got to make sure that later on that like you put the note in the right place, and it feels for some reason like it's not this just free form thing that you can put information into. Whereas Apple Notes is just it's literally just a list of notes. Yeah, it's it, kind of what like, you need. There's now folders and stuff now, and they've made it they've made it better. But the original Apple Notes was like ju- literally just a list of blank documents. If they could, if they could have the main feature from Notion, which is pages within pages, so hyperlinking notes within notes and nesting them and organizing the structure of the um, folder system in that way, that would that would be game over. As because that's the only thing that I'm really missing. It's such a uh, actually that and the toggle function, you know, to toggle down. Yeah. Um, those are the two main. Like to think about that, it's not exactly a power user feature, but from a user. Uh, interface perspective it's so, so space useful. efficient isn't it yeah like have that accordion yeah and well i suppose another one for people to check out then if if you want what chris just described but you're kind of in between like not wanting to do like rome research or obsidian is have a look at something called nota it's currently in beta n-o-t-a dot m-d absolutely beautiful like it's it's just amazing it's a markdown editor though so it won't work as an external oh, brain because you okay. can't put big files in this is but it if it's purely for writing yeah. and yeah, linking your ideas. Well, if you're just doing writing, do what's the? Is it Odyssey? Not Odyssey. Obsidian. No, there's another one. Um, there's Scrivener, which a lot of people use. Uh, and what else? Yes, yeah, Scrivener's one of them. But has... oh, uh, Ulysses. Ulysses. That's yeah. it. Yes. So those ones are for like screen writing, screenplays, and novels, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, my first one. So this is from my uh, speech coach, Miles. And he identified the fact that when you're singing happy birthday for someone, everybody begins one octave higher than they should do. And then when you get three quarters of the way through the song and you need to do the key change, you get nailed by that high note. So 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what you really want to do is give it beans at the start, like "Happy Birthday to you," like, and then when it gets to the "Happy Birthday," you could just you've easy, you've got it. Give yourself headroom above the "Happy Birthday" song. Right, start That's one brilliant. octave lower than you think that you need to, and you, and then if the kids aren't impressed, and grab their face, smash it into the cake, and go, "Are you not entertained?" <laughs> fantastic especially the second part so if you're so you you start off sounding like a bit of a willy but you have the last laugh because you hit that high note key change everyone everyone else sounds like a 13 year old trying to speak you (laughs) well what what people tend to do is just just almost kind of mouth that section yeah they'll just mime it especially the men you're left yeah yeah you're left with kind of the the few sort of strong people who can hit that note but the, the the worry is if you're still leading the pack and bellowing, you might be the only person singing. Doesn't matter. Depends on how good you Doesn't are. Doesn't matter. Everyone's going to be like, did he start one octave lower? <laughs> Fucking hell! He must listen to Modern Wisdom Life Hacks. Um, yeah, but there's always there's always a couple of people. I've always noticed this when you're singing Happy Birthday. There's always a couple of people like classically trained in theatre and yeah. belting out some operatic cello monster from the far side of the room, and you're like, just leave it to you. Yeah, leave it to you. I anyway, really, I really don't like singing "Happy Birthday." To be honest, what would you do? You, what's too you, long? Do you prefer for he's a, go- a jolly good fellow or hip hip hooray? Hip hip hooray. I'd rather is... just do away with the whole thing. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a bit too long. Like just awkwardly, especially if you're the one being sung to and you sat with the cake. Like... Yeah, mm. <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think part of it is the cringe fest awkwardness that you need to endure. Because if it was easy, it wouldn't be a sacrifice by anyone. It's the birthday bumps, but the the PC new version, isn't it? The with social ja- birthday with bumps. jazz hands. Yeah, the the slight social awkwardness that everyone has to endure that you're kind of like seen as a bit miserable and grumpy if you don't like smile and play along. Mm. But it's yeah. his birthday. Yes, it's everyone's birthday once a year. <laughs> right, Jonathan Blobson, what you got? Jonathan. Johan um, Sebastian. So this this one, I think you, you might both be, well, Yusuf won't be surprised about it because I've already told him about it, but I think you might be surprised at it, Chris, which is Blinkist. Okay, we've technically, technically already featured this three, we? three years ago, but oh, I'm more shit. more than happy for you You know to... what this is? The messy middle. Like, you, he's gone from, like, <laughs> the, just just the read book end. summaries to must have to, fully architected the full thing. yeah well, to so just a, read book I've summaries <laughs> i've got a reason okay so the and i don't think it works for so what blinkist is for, for anybody who doesn't know it is a book summary service where they and yusuf has a, a better version that they, he'll, he'll introduce in a second called short form i think is that optimized right? dot me um, guys. But they they summarize it into blinks, which is like it's like a fifteen minute audio of a book. Um, so the what what I what was happening was I had like fifteen minutes in the morning where I would like want to listen to something, so I would try and like listen to podcasts, but it, it's like not enough to get into most podcasts. And I would try listening to an audio book, but then you get the like it was a cold winter's morning in nineteen eighty five. You end up like not really getting anything in fifteen minutes. Um, so I thought I tried it. I do the trial, and it doesn't work for every book. Is the problem? So like books that are incredibly deep and complicated that can't really be done justice in fifteen minutes, I wouldn't advise it. 
But if there's a book that you like have always fancied reading, perhaps that's a fair most most like self improvement books are a single concept that are that are padded out. What are some good examples of ones that you have blinkisted? Essentialism. I re listened to so this was my test. So I wanted to see if I could get the sort of the gist of essentialism from the from the blinks. And you, you more or less can, I, I think anyway. Um have you read the full book to compare it to? Most of the full book. <laughs> Not cover to cover, but most of the full book. So I, it's a if you want to kind of pick up concepts from popular books, but you don't want necessarily to commit to read the whole thing, I think it's a pretty good service. When I originally go on. Why not optimize.me? Because I tried both of these three or four years ago and mm. I compared and I came up with this, the synopsis of Brian Johnson does a better job of this. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I and feel like Brian Johnson, all of his summaries are the same. It's always like, yeah. and this comes back to our fundies, brush your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. <laughs> so I think that's the reason why not Brian Johnson. Okay, yeah. I just, he's just a bit... He's a bit much, isn't he? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, annoying. given the fact that not many people, especially in the UK, know about him, what he is doing, I'm aware he's got a business underneath him, but Optimize.me is a fucking titan. Does it still exist? Yeah, I'm yeah. Not. He's going towards his 1,000 philosopher's notes. He's getting to working, working his way slowly toward that, isn't he? Which is just ridiculous. What's your preference then, Seth? Honestly, I am still using, I'm still just doing full books. Same. I've never been able to get, and it, it's more because when you're listening to a book summary by Blinkist and so on, I'm sure Johnny might disagree with this, but what you're getting is not the summary of the book, but you're getting what the guy who works at Blinkist deems to be pertinent points of the book. And that might not overlap with what you think are pertinent points of the book now that might be good enough for you to get the gist of it and then say like okay that's that's a good idea i think it's functioned as an advert for me to read the full book so if you're using it as like a tapas to be like oh yeah actually i like that one and i'll Mm -hmm. go deeper into this and then brilliant but i don't think you can get the full time and attention with a summary completely in simpatico here (laughs) mate like it's if you if you like to read books you get sent lots of suggestions and you don't know what to read that as a thin end of the wedge to work out should I dedicate Ryan Holiday talks about this he reckons that the rest of his life he's got about between 200 and 400 books that he can read cover to cover left that's how much time he thinks he's got like some particular figure and he goes when you think about it like that you're like okay am I going to dedicate one of those to something that 300 pages in I'm going to realize is total bollocks Mm. Um, so yeah I, I think it comes down to like why why are you reading the book and so I think, like, pick up the book and think, well, why am I reading the book? Like, if it's a if it's a book that you want to read because you really like the author or you really like the style of writing or you really want to sort of bury yourself in a concept, Blinkist is not the right strategy for that. But, but even if you like, want to enact behavior change, surely, because let's say essentialism, right? <clears throat> if you listen to essentialism for 15 minutes, it's a very profound lifestyle change to become an essentialist which I think both me and Yousef are sort of converted to the church of Greg McEwen on this. Um, so it's a good example to use because both of us are huge evangelists of essentialism um, mm-hmm. to absorb that message, which I agree. It is a book that has a single concept 
do less of the trivial many, do more of the vital few, focus on your highest contribution. There it is. That's the book. But in order to be able to take that insight and feel the discomfort and hear the stories and learn the examples and think, right, this is something I'm actually existentially bought into. I think you can only achieve that unless you are, and you're not, but unless you are someone that is very easily swayed. Like if you can be convinced of an argument in 15 minutes for an entire book's concept, so much that you change your life around it, then maybe it works. Well, so I think that depends on the strength of the concept. So like, I think some of, some of the most convincing things I've ever heard have, have not been like a five hour thing. It's been like a sink, even like a quote, for example, like a, a snippet of, stoicism you can read and you're like oh fuck's sake that's, that's right yeah 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 it's obvious you know, so, and then you, you remember it and you can sort of recite it and, and talk about it you so have it, to be in a receptive mind state you have to have an empty enough mind to hear that and be like ah right mm. it has to like have enough space inside you for it to bounce around and echo and be like oh yeah i go. need to do this but certainly for essentialism it was so far at, i was so far down the bad habits of being a non-essentialist that even though it took me maybe four months to read the book, longer, like longer. in I remember because I was tracking lo- longer than that, <laughs> but it's still like that was just so, about long enough to be able to fully digest it. Really? Not fully because ca- of the complexity, but just because of the like, you, you need it in bits so you can be like, ah, yeah, okay, I need to do this. And I think the way I look at it is like it's a it's a it's a it's a single concept that the reality of it is just very hard to do. So like whether you spend 10 hours reading the book or not, like you don't, I don't think anyone's less, anyone's more effective at saying no to things they ultimately normally do because they spent the entire time reading the book. But, but anyway, so like another example might be like digital minimalism, digital minimalism, mm. right? Like you probably don't need to read and, you know, mm. I, I'm sure I'll get criticized by all the, the huge fans of these books, but like I know a lot of people and I'm one of them who read the entire book who still have a problem with that, right? So like, I'm absolutely convinced by it. I was convinced by it 10 minutes into the book. I've got the concepts of it, but like, did I need to read the whole thing to get the concept? Probably not. Could I have got the same thing from the summary? Probably. So I think it, it uh, there's a lot of books that kind of fit into that category that are sort of general self-development that are generally a single concept. And there's hundreds of them, thousands of them. And if you want to read a lot of them and explore these different ideas and like pick and choose from a a menu of things of like, I might want to try these five things to improve my day or whatever. I think it's quite a digestible way of doing it. But it certainly seems to fit into your daily routine as well. And this is a really important thing that if you have a particular block of time for an amount of time, like the reason that most podcasts aim to be around about an hour to an hour and 20 of the longer ones is that you can finish a podcast to and from your commute within a day. The, the yep. optimal length and why a lot of BBC World Service and all this stuff, the, their podcasts tend to be about half an hour because they just want to get one commute in. Um, so what you need to do is find media types that match the blocks within your day with which you can consume the media types. And as we've seen, if you can just, you, you don't do the audiobook on the morning because you need a, to pay an inertial price to get over that momentum so that you actually feel like you're enjoying it. So yeah, man, I'm, hey, if it works for you, I'm, I'm all for it. Seth, what you got? Speaking of birthdays, this is just something you can do as a target for each birthday as you get older to set some kind of like just something fun for yourself. So that the my example, which is the most bro way to do this is bench press my body weight for my age each year. 
and so something that will just i mean it doesn't have it could be like say a physical target or whatever that's associated with your age just to keep you on your toes and be like oh, okay like as i get older i have to have some measure of of progress like obviously it would be lovely to be benching like 75 kilos for 70 reps in <laughs> in 40 years but um i don't expect it's going to be achievable forever um but yeah just having some kind of target so that you're not just like aging and crumbling away what other can you, things can you do that uh I, I i didn't do it this year actually <laughs> <laughs> it's a life fact that i don't adhere but, to but you should try well, yeah because because well, the gyms were closed so i uh, it's all, okay. didn't have well, a bench press mike your housemate weighs similar to you you could have just bench pressed him could have just yeah true actually floor press floor press yeah, yeah, yeah harder yeah. as well still like, oh mike still. sorry it's my birthday do you mind just uh lying on me briefly. just crossing your legs what other ideas do you think you've got other than bench press so a bench press is a bit bro but you i mean a squat very achievable like for most people well into their 40s you could squat your body weight for that many reps mm. um you could run for that many minutes you could meditate for that many minutes um you could write that many pages or set it as like a, a monthly habit mm. i like that uh i've got one that we have all used and all used together and i'm surprised that no one's brought it up yet so i'm glad that i've managed to take it uh, the Aerobi Pro Disc, <laughs> which is a type of frisbee, I suppose. If you, it's technically a disc, as I was uh, corrected by my coach a couple of weeks ago. I sent him a video of me and said I'm playing frisbee on a field, and he said that's not a fucking frisbee; it's a disc. Uh, apparently, Americans take frisbee and disc very seriously. But yeah, the Aerobi Pro it's the record holder for the world's longest uh, disc throw. Uh, which is insane. This guy launches it out of, I think, a baseball stadium or something similar. Uh, and, yeah, it's just having that or other similar sort of uh, games that you can play with a couple of mates or one mate. Slacklining was another one that I got into a couple of years ago, which is awesome. Uh, Aerobi Pro, I got this same Aerobi um, boomerang that you can use. Um, Nerf, those sort of whistling Nerf, uh, American football things with the fins behind them. Just having that, because it's, I think it's 11 pounds or uh, 12 pounds. And the amount of sheer joy that even just us have got, let alone the times that we've used it separately, is ridiculous. Everyone it should have brilliant. one. Everyone should have it's, one. Th there's a low learning curve, like Slackline. You can't just be like, oh, let's just go out for a quick Slackline with beginners. They have to, but Aerobi, like anyone can throw something. And if they can't, it's great fodder to, to laugh, laugh at them with yeah yeah we looked the last time that i did it with you yousef was we we're on a, a field near your house and it was saturday evening 6 p.m peak uh davidoff cool water and barbecue on the ground with cans of red stripe time and we just decided <laughs> to find the longest straight line in a two football field long field and started launching this thing perfectly flat really because we've practiced quite a lot so we're quite nausy when it comes to throwing the disc and uh i'm sure everyone else thought that we looked like pricks but to me i felt like With a king it. yeah I felt like it's a just, king you don't want to get it in kind of bridge of the nose do you if it's kind of coming it because it's so flat you can't really see it sometimes yeah. it disappears for a second yeah <laughs> you you, know you have the most elegant disc form johnny ever <laughs> 
it just appears yeah it's so smooth man honestly it's like when so, you watch so Johnny's it, amazing at bowling are you really <laughs> like, is that, that not long levers I think it helps there's a few things like there's a few sort of niche things like that where so with with, with frisbee or disc there was a field in my first year of uni there was a huge field next to it and we had a we had a aerobie and we just spent hours and hours throwing it it's like i think anything like that if you put a lot of time in so another another example of that's guitar hero no way really, really are you good, good at guitar, guitar hero that really is, a, good at guitar hero, that is yeah. a skill like, that i did not expect you to have <laughs> expert level guitar hero no can problem. you do what is it through fire and flame mm-hmm. just about to ask oh yeah. really that's yeah. like the ultimate level Fucking isn't it hell i need to see this so the difficulty with it is, like, I, I went into a game about two years ago and said, do you still sell Guitar Hero? And the guy laughed at me. <laughs> just stood, stood and laughed at me. And apparently it's, like, this mo- the most sought-after thing. You just can't get a hold of them. They've just stopped producing it. That's crazy. So, wow. But that's not, that, cause Guitar Hero is another example of, like, friends round and it's just in the corner and anyone can just have a go. Just and some it, people yeah. are naturally really good and some people are terrible. I guess a Nintendo Wii is probably kind of similar to that, right? It's Yeah. Have you played table tennis on your Oculus Rift? No, I sold it. I told you I sold it. You sold it. Apparently, so you, you can play table tennis and because it's it's already quite a light game anyway, there's not much like resistance. It feels the most real out of all the things you can do so in does it VR. port across into reality do you improve your real world table tennis tabling the, i reckon there's, there'll be a few skills that you can port quite well like probably surgery to some extent as well what well, i saw um, i saw you, during the build-up to the logan paul floyd mayweather fight that logan paul was preparing with a virtual reality headset on and a pair of vr gloves i don't know whether do you know, that was do you know the i have the quest the cheap one Quest bars. Do you know this? Quest bars. An Oculus Quest. They like they brought out a really like low priced one. Yeah. Not the one that's a couple of grand. It's like two hundred quid. Facebook make it. Mm-hmm. I own one of those. Okay. So I've played it. I've played table tennis on it. We need to someone test said. Table tennis. I I didn't know you had one. Yeah. Some someone said that um, the next step is that they take like a front and side profile photo of you and they can map it as your face, and because it has eye tracking inside it, you could have a chat with someone and be making eye contact with them fully digitally. Well, they, they've frightening. just, they've just added this feature to it, which is hand tracking. So not, you know how there's normally the controllers. Mm-hmm. Now you can just use your hands. So you does, can does like, have front facing cameras. Yeah. Right. So you can pinch and throw and grab and it completely tracks. And the weirdest thing about it is like why it sometimes feels real as you do that. And the hand responds how you would think your hand responds. And so I suppose there's a there's a moment where your brain thinks like this is well, just reality. You've all seen that video of the guy doing the climbing up the side of the mountain <laughs> in the middle of a game stop or something, and he falls off that and crashes straight through in the real world, crashes straight through the screen yeah. because his body tips him over thinking that that's what's happened. Anyway, buy an Aerobi Pro disc. Everybody needs one. When we do a life hacks on a sofa next, I'll bring the Oculus and we'll film. Do, some do you remember when before of... a life hacks where I made you guys watch uh, VR porn? I do remember that. I thought yeah. it was a VR horror thing that you showed us. I showed Johnny the porn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Unless I was thinking like, if Yusuf and I watch the same thing, Yusuf's version of horror. Horror is porn. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was like a zombie thing. Johan, yeah. what have you got? What have I? Is it me? Yeah. Is it not Yusuf? No, it's just me. What, what did he say? Birthdays is a benchmark target. 
bench mark target what am i gonna say no i've got one um it's also a birthday thing and it was remind i was reminded of it because it was my birthday like a week ago and i got an email from myself on my birthday that i wrote a year ago and the reason that i wrote the email to myself a year ago was because of um how's it called follow up then no Six minute diary. Happy birthday. <laughs> Six minute diary. Oh, yes. It's of one course. of the like weekly challenges. So I had it on my to do list for literally months to like write this email to myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Right. Like, yeah, it's the, the Kabuki movement systems of moving it to the next day. And I eventually did it. And I got this email from myself. And it was just, it was bizarre reading it. Have you, what did it say? You, can, you get, can you give us an excerpt? It was like, it was just sort of the way that I wrote it was like what I was doing at the moment. So I was, I was speaking about, so we'd just gone into lockdown in the UK or like we'd been in lockdown for a couple of months. And like, I was talking about how like, oh, I think it's going to be back open again for, you know, August and all that sort of stuff. And then things that were going well, talking about things that were just happening in propane, like we were just about to hire Alex, stuff I was doing in training, stuff that was ha- like st- plans we have for the rest of the year. Um, and then like stuff I wanted to achieve that I've done all of, which is really cool. And then like, see you in a year. And I got this email. And it was so weird. You like read it and you think this is a scam or something. This is weird. And you're like, oh no shit, I wrote this. And yeah, so it's, would it's really nice recommend it. I, I did that for myself a while ago. It was a website that sends you an email in, in 10 years time. So, so I did it at 18 and received it at 28. And Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, there's people that do it with videos as well, isn't there? Have you seen like, there's a viral video of like a conversation with my 12 year old self and they've set it up like a back and forth wow. conversation. That's cool. Yeah, I um, I've said for ages it would be so fascinating to be able to take snapshots of your consciousness and then be able to revisit them because the things that consume your mind now and the things that consume yeah. your mind two years from now are so di- well they should be different if you're making progress, right? You should be casting off the worries and the concerns and the anxieties that no longer matter, and you should be focusing on the things that do. We all should be moving toward an essentialist life, I guess, in one form, both in terms of our thoughts and our actions. But yeah, even just thinking about, okay, so what am I doing at the moment? What are my predictions mm-hmm. for the rest of this year? And then stress testing those or comparing them against what actually happened. That's pretty cool. I think I, think I did like, what, what am I doing? What, what am I like, what's going well? What's not going well? What am I worried about? And what, do I, what am I like working on? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing was all the worries, like none of them happened, not a single one. All of the things that I was working on, I got done. And then like some of the things that I was like clearly consumed with just don't even, not even a feature anymore. So it is just this reminder of like, at the time that was just my absolute, my reality, yes. like consumed a hundred percent of my just day your world. Yeah. And, and now like so little of it matters. So the, I use, as you have just mentioned, I use something called follow up then. So you just send it, it's a service where you send an email to like, one year at followuplen.com and it just sends it back to you in a year or you can set it at a specific date or whatever. Um, but really easy thing to try. Um, highly recommend giving it a go. Send an email to yourself. Is it the like number year one year or is it O-N-E? One, number one year at, at followuplen.com. Awesome. Or you like the, the date as well. What you got? This is from Alice who is a, a new member of Team Propane. And I feel like she's going to beat me up if we don't suggest this one. Tesco-owned brand stuffing. So the reasoning behind this is that when you're dieting, 
stuffing is a great kind of filler. It's pretty low calorie. It's very flavorsome, very rich with flavor. So it hits the spot with all of the like when you have like a savory kind of. But it's um, it's very low calorie density. She said if you're out of the Tesco one, then Lidl is also a pretty good substitute. You have to be in Lidl to get that, though, don't you? You do have to be in, yeah. That's how it works, yeah. That's definitely how it works. Yeah. So we were, she was like, oh, I'm a bit reticent to say this because if I if I do and then everyone goes out and buys it... She'll then... be struggling up against lower demand. I'm pretty convinced that a good portion of the net worth of Lindahl's Kfarg has been <laughs> directed from this podcast. So, Tesco, what are the macros on it? Pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, ne- neither of us have tried it. She only recommended this to us, like, a couple of days ago. But she's a big listener of the Life Hack series, especially. Got you. But um, I was saying that stuffing is one of those things that I feel like I am never given enough of <laughs> at a meal. Well, it's such a know? rarity to even have it, right? How many yeah. times a year do you have stuffing? Maybe... For me, like it's easily handful. sub five. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then whenever you do, you never look at a plate and go a bit much stuffing much. on there. Yeah, fucking hell, mate! Is it? What is this but, stuffing day? It's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's like great. I really like. It's one of my favourite bits, but there's never enough of it, and it's never something anyone talks about. What if you? What if by using it as a dietary aid, you spoil stuffing? For you? Well, is I that a price that you're willing to pay? Is that really I, I, a price you're willing to pay? I'm I'm quite keen for to just get it out of my system once and for all and just have a big bowl of stuffing. <laughs> of the remaining that. the remainder of your life's quota allowance yeah. of stuffing in one just to sitting. See what it's like because it's one of those things that like when you're a child you think well when I'm when I'm older I'm going to be able to make my own dietary decisions and if I want enough stuffing I'm going to bloody have enough stuffing. <laughs> I just can't wait for the conversation. Johnny, what are you eating? It's a bowl of stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone I've been waiting for this for 15 years yeah. just leave me alone my own man now yeah. uh, okay right this is a life hack that I got that was submitted from Craig Davison um, he heard me talking about YouTube premium on the last episode which everybody should get everyone needs YouTube premium I am now four, five, six months deep Michaela Peterson told me to get it and I do not regret it <laughs> at all um, it is fantastic now, the life hack is that if you set your billing location to Argentina, you can you get said a... said this on the last one, I think. You can get a YouTube premium subscription for 94 pence. I didn't say it. Um, I might have told you about it separately. I might have messaged Maybe. you about it. Um, anyway... It's a very so, Chris solution. Well, it's not a Chris <laughs> solution. This is, this is a, the most you solution that I've ever seen. It's well, no, my, my, mine's to bypass all that and just use Enerd like a, yeah, like a sensible person. Okay, so Craig says... <laughs> If you've got a VPN, you need to get a VPN. You can go to surfshark.deals slash modernwisdom. Uh, and you need to set it to Argentina. Then when you get to the payment, you add a random Argentinian address, but include your UK postcode somewhere in address line one. Worked for me with Starling Bank. No difference at all. And you only need to use the VPN as a one-off. 94 pence a month, YouTube premium. I can't think of a better way to spend 94 pence. There we are. Okay. Silence as the crowd is stunned. I just don't want to stir the pot. I feel like I'm fairly... Like, I, I'm fine with it. Like, well, I'm not yeah, changing. I'm also not changing. It, but if yeah. the price if price was the limiter, if you said, ah, 12, 13 pounds a month Lame. for YouTube premium, yeah, it's a, it's a travel tavern. If you said that it's too much, then here is your 
here is your thin end of the wedge. Right, Johnny, what you got? Uh, so I'll open with a question for both of you, which is when you last trained in the gym, did you do a warm-up? Very briefly. Yes, but that's a recent thing. As I start to face my mortality. Interesting. Manuel pause. So that so that basically the life hack. It's not. I suppose it's not really. A, there'll be some people who listen. Be like, obviously, mate. <laughs> but having like a prop, like a written down thing that you do each time warm up makes such a difference in training. And it's the it's the first thing I skip. And it's like it's pro, it's like year seven PE level advice. Arm so circles. Like, do you do arm circles? Yes. Yeah. I, so I actually do arm circles. Hang yeah, on, hang on. Can, I, can we back up for, can we back up for a second? Hold on. Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Are you, as an international level power lifter, telling us that a game-changing life hack for you is doing a warm-up? Yes. This, this is because the power lifter's warm-up is empty bar for three reps, 60 kilos for three reps, 80 kilos for like, no, well, 100. You just go up in, in 20-kilo plates yeah. for maybe a double and then you work straight in it's it's either that or spending like 45 minutes doing all kinds of like weird hip activation and then two hours later you hit a first work set so i think the the only thing that really matters is just elevating body temperature like for most people did you listen to the episode i did with dr sam spinelli about how to create the perfect warm-up so i actually think i did yeah yeah it was quite a while ago yeah awesome anyone that needs to design their own just go back and listen to that you can be within 10 minutes up to speed with not 10 minutes of the podcast yeah it's 50 minutes the podcast is longer than the warm-up uh but designing it makes sense what's yours walk us through yours briefly uh so i do a like empty bar so i I train in my garage so i don't have any like cardio equipment or anything like that so i do an empty bar like barbell complex of just like some basic movements for sets of 10 um i do some a light foam rolling just to sort of feel a bit more bit less bit less tender a bit more supple and then things like it depends what i'm doing so i'll do like leg swings or like some dynamic stretching for lower body or upper body it only takes like five ten minutes but prior to touching a barbell i'm either i'm sweating apart from the complex apart from the complex yeah. <laughs> that's not it is technically in my defense a different barbell so prior to touching the main the, the barbell of the day um it's a, I'm sweating. And I think that's the key thing. It's like, I know it sounds so, it's what we were speaking about last night, right? About how you start off doing simple things and you make everything immensely complicated and then you come back to just like, it might be a good idea to just sort of get nice and warm prior to doing some, some strenuous exercise. But like, especially if you train for any kind of performance or you're doing, you know, compound heavy lifts, the performance of the session is better. The injury risk of the session is lower. You generally just feel better, but it's the first thing you skip. And I, re- I very rarely see people doing one consistently. So unless you do like a CrossFit class or something where it's part of Built it. Built in, yeah. But so have you, it's, you it's, said, it's you said um, was it write it out or prescribe it somewhere? Is it on a board somewhere in the... So I, I actually have it in an Apple Notes file that's been turned into a checklist. And I, I don't know whether you ever use this, but when you use a checklist function on Apple Notes, the thing at the bottom gets grayed out and gets shunted to the top. So then the neck, so it basically just like, and then at the end, I just uncheck them all. 
So I just have it on the on the ground on, on my phone, press through it as I'm doing it, and then that's I just make sure I'm. You never thought about putting a, a whiteboard up in your. Garage? I, I have, yeah, I have. Let's figure. I, I quite like going off phone whenever I'm doing programming that's been written for me. Constantly checking my phone, doing stuff. Just I appreciate for a power lifter that's got all manner of gizmos attached to the bar speed so that, and RPE that's and all that stuff it's more difficult. like if i if i could show you the spreadsheet that i have to navigate to just do a training session it's <laughs> frankly ridiculous it's pushing the limits of google sheets yeah it, it resource limitations so, so, it, so to give you some perspective it's so big and vast this sheet that i will like enter what i've done and it takes five or six seconds bear in mind it's, this is cloud-based and google it takes five or six seconds to calculate what that mm. means so the idea of like just using a whiteboard instead of that might be a bit of a challenge. Too low but tech. I, for, for the warm-up, I could definitely do it, for sure. Nice. Seth, what you got? I've stolen this one from Johnny. And I don't know if we discussed it on the last one. But the hack is, if you're ever faced with a office box of Krispy Kreme donuts, don't piss about. Don't go for the, the plain disc with the ring in the middle just go for the the nice one like the nutella or the biscoff or whatever because we looked at the calories and they're not that different between the plain boring one and the all all singing dancing flashing lights one I'm going to throw a spanner in the works oh no okay that was such a great place I I prefer the original glazed. Well, that's fine. If you prefer it, then, then you know, because it's still slightly lower calories. It's just not that much lower than... But I resent your implication that it is of a lower caliber. I resent your implication <laughs> that pejoratively for most people, they don't want you the basic bitch ring thing. That is, not, that not is my people. Not everyone matches your, your preferences, though. Not everyone's like, oh, I, I like the, the vanilla missionary donut. This is becoming donut. very problematic for me. However... The, the real thing to avoid is the mocha because that is the mocha from Krispy Kreme donuts is similar calorie amount to any of the donuts. So just eat a donut. Why, don't why think does it, like, taste, oh. it tastes bad? Well, I, I think it, I'm sure it'll be all right because it's very Are high you calorie. bad mouthing a donut that you've never eaten? What, 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 what's the reason to avoid the mocha? Because of the calories? Or oh, the, calories? the yeah. mocha drink, not a mocha flavor uh, donut. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, right thank you. We are all on the same page now. Right. Yes. Okay, so your, your argument is when faced with a selection of Krispy Kreme donuts, the calories across the board are, are fairly similar. So just pick the one flavor-wise that you're going to enjoy the most and don't really concern yourself with the calories. Yeah. Because from a, from a percentage, like from the, from the, um, the amount extra, it's... It's still a couple hundred calories a donut, so just enjoy yourself. Don't try and pick a low-calorie donut, because it's not going to happen. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what am I going to do for this one? So this would have been really perfect if the government hadn't decided to wreck everyone's travel plans. Um, but I'm going to put this one in as people may be getting ready to, a lot of people from America listening, um, and people getting ready to start traveling around. It's a double-up life hack. Uh, the first one is Gate D2 in Amsterdam Airport. So Amsterdam Schiphol is a Schiphol. commonly used connecting airport for many flights going through Europe and, and to further <clears throat> further on. 
Um, they have designed the entire airport very well, um, but it's done in a manner that makes it incredibly hard to sleep if you can only sleep lying down because everything has those uh, jutting up bars in between that are they're masquerading as armrests, but actually they're just to stop people from sleeping. Um, however, gate D2 in Amsterdam Airport is almost never used. It's all in alcoves, and they don't have any armrests on there. So you can go if you've got a three-hour layover, often coming back from somewhere, you've arrived at 7 a.m. and you're waiting to get to your next place at 10 a.m. You can go there, set an alarm for a couple of hours. If you've got a face mask and a pair of AirPod Pros, you're silent, dark, able to lie down. You're in a place that's so low traffic that your uh, possessions are probably fairly safe. Uh, and you can stretch out. There you go. Gate D2. The other cool thing about that is at Gate D2 will just be a load of modern wisdom listeners. So you can just speak. It's like a real-life <laughs> Discord server. Yeah, precisely. Oh, man, you listen to that. Oh, you go there. There'd be loads of people lying down with an eye mask and AirPod Pros, and you'd be like, this is weird. This is us. But, These are my people. Like, none of them will want to talk to you, but it, you'll just know you'll be in good company. I love that. Uh, and Ooh. the second part of this was something that I did in uh, Dubai last year, which I can't believe that I never did before. As soon as you arrive anywhere on holiday, just go to the nearest supplement store and buy a small pot of protein. <laughs> No one ever hits their protein target when they're away. You're always just in between meals and struggling to get stuff by, you know, whatever, Nitroflex or Maxi so I, I Muscle. I made that mistake in uh, New York. I bought muscle milk and then Is I looked at nice? the ingredients. It sounds great. It's nice, but it's... Estrogen? Predominantly sugar. It's oh. basically a, a weight gainer with like a, a tickle of protein, but it's just... Well, what you really sugar. want is ideally like a, a whey concentrate or an isolate or something, don't you? But it's easier than taking it out with you because that's got all manner of potential havoc to wreak inside of your luggage. You're getting stopped. Hello, sir. What's this, uh, what's this big bag of powder that you've got here? Um, but yeah, just go on holiday, get yourself a shaker, buy a, what is it? What's, is it like a two pound or a one kilo? Yeah, yeah. half, half kilo is not going to be enough. One, one kilo will get you through. That'd be like two shakes a day for a week. Not that you need that necessarily, but you'll hit your protein much more easily. It'll keep you satiated and you'll just feel less guilty. So Something that I was feeling grateful for the other day. So I, I went on like a travel around the UK and was in a similar situation where like you're sort of short on protein, you haven't had much fiber and you think like, oh, it'd be great to have a couple of protein bars that'll sort me out. It does like ticks both boxes. If, I, if you go back like to when we were navigating supplements for the first time, the thought of being able to get a protein bar from like any WH Smith you, you go past would just be unheard of. You'd have to get them from like Predator Nutrition or, <laughs> you know, you'd, and it would only be like Predator was the only place that had Specialist the license. Specialist store owned by product. a man with a face tattoo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. And they've got like shelves in the back that are all just pro hormones and yeah. then some Quest bars. Now you go to Boots and get like every grenade bar flavor and, it's brilliant that that exists. So I used to pack tubs of protein and take them with me. The fact that you can just get them wherever you are now, brilliant. Brilliant. Johnny, is it me? what you got? Is me. Um, so it, this is another, this is similar to Blinkist, um, but it is Curio. Have you heard of it before? Nope. No. 
Yusuf has because Yusuf was Yusuf saw the Curio product map two years ago when it was about to be released and he knew when signed it was up for the be. beta. I actually think that you enjoy pre-release products more than the full release. You're such an anticipatory being, aren't you? Yeah, it's just like like, like the the greyhounds pulling at the yep, that's at the you. leash. I just want to try the new thing. You're one of the only people I know who gets actually excited about like apps being released and updated. It's so but sad. But having <laughs> having you as a friend in our friend group it's is great. perfect because we're never going to miss anything because we were alerted about it eight months before when it got <laughs> when it got leaked on AppleNews.io. Like you <laughs> were sweet. Okay, so what's this, what's this Curio thing? The Curio is. Um, so the so so the first thing that actually drew me to them was their their Instagram ads are really impressive. I think so. Their their like their angles really impressive. Which is there's and you may have seen them. There's people going down an escalator in like the London Underground, and everything's in black and white apart from one person who's listening to something. Everyone's reading, and this one person's listening to something, and they're in bright vivid colours. And the angle is like be the most interesting person in the room. I was like oh, that's that's so cool. It got, caught my attention. Clicked on it. So it's the same problem as. Blinkist, which is like I have a these windows of time where I just want to listen to something interesting. So Curio takes like articles from and you can ask it where where to pick them from. So it's basically what you guys do with Pocket, where you're sort of self-sourcing the information, but it does that for you and it's taking it from like wherever you want to listen to stuff like The Economist, Financial Times, like st- stuff that honestly I would just never read. But I end up listening to I, I listen to stuff about like AI or like the labor market or like stuff that is actually really interesting. It's not all just current affairs and news. It's, it's like really detailed concepts and topics that are just narrated by people. And it's a subscription. It is a subscription. How much? I think it's like 40 pounds a year. That's not much, is it? No. Well, not when you consider that, like what you get for that. I think it's pretty good. So Curio sounds like an audio equivalent of the browser, which I think I've mentioned to you guys before. Now the browser is five articles per day. Uh, hosted on a Substack, but also delivered to your inbox, but also you can get an RSS reader and stuff like that. And they have the listener, which is five uh, audio podcasts of some kind or another. But the main thing I think that both me and you are getting out of Curio and the browser is just stepping out of our echo chambers. Like yeah. What you realize as soon as you start to listen or read stuff like this that's curated by someone else is how narrow your <laughs> own vision of what you are interested in is. Mm-hmm. You think, I am so much more interested in tons of stuff. I'm really going to enjoy all of this. And I listen to the same six podcasters and read the same whatever. But the problem is, if you decide to venture into the this new podcast world or new article world or whatever, and you get the wrong article from that or the wrong podcast, you're like, oh, that's not really for me. So what you need is someone to take the top filtering of the best stuff from the best channels and feed it to you. So yeah, I think... Absolutely. I think you've. I'm, I'm interested in Curio, and if people prefer to read the browser, is fucking. It's so. It's the only reason that I have things to talk about that aren't already from my kind of worldview. It's yeah. a very good point. Like you have to have the curation because it. It's like you know if you've got a friend who's like, oh, I don't like prawns. And you're like, <laughs> when was the last time you had a prawn? Uh, 10 years ago and you're like right well try one of these and then they try and you're like oh actually no that wasn't a very good one but then they've already thought like right all prawns are terrible yeah and they've tarred them all with the same brush well so you nailed it which with like all of these all all of these publications have some really interesting stuff in them but 
none of us have like the time or the patience or the inclination to, to sift and because there's so much stuff that we won't find interesting. Yeah. So if, if there's a service that just does that for you and it's constantly varied and it's from different places. So like there was an article I listened to this morning about Steve Jobs and some stuff he did at Apple. And then there was one about AI. And then there was one about <clears throat> how like bars and restaurants in the UK are struggling to hire people because of the way the labor market's changing. And it's, it's like 50 minutes of time. You're like, that was like really interesting. It's opened your worldview in a way that you would have never been able to do yourself as well. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I never man. that's, a, that's a, a really good one. I'm, I hope that the platform and stuff's good. Um, right. It is. Seth, what you got? This is from Andrew Robson. Who oh, is are you a, arbitraging other people's life hacks because you don't have any? I've got loads, but we've got uh, I my previous one. So I, I just I don't know if you guys know this, but I have I split mine into physical and digital. <laughs> <laughs> and so mine was digital, very similar to Johnny's previous one. I thought ah, physical. We could do with the physical one now. Cool. So an, Andrew Robson, lovely man who we've worked with, has suggested. He said I have a life hack for people with dogs. Thanks for that, Johnny. Um, that I keep meaning to send you, you can get lint rollers, which you can wash under the tap and reuse. They take 15 seconds to wash. So there's a there's a macro level hack at a, at a system level that removes the need for that, which is that when you're picking the dog, get one that doesn't molt. When you get Just a dog a that doesn't dog. molt, don't they need to be groomed more frequently though? Correct. So you've jumped out of the frying pan well, and... It just depends what which do you consider. Where do you so like, want your battle to be on the dog's back yeah, or on do, your floor? Would Would you rather be well? Would you rather be like having to hoover up hairs constantly for the for the entirety of the dog's life, or just have this one batched thing that happens once every six weeks? Um, do you know the brand of this, Yusuf? It'll be like Pound Shop. But what's it called? Rollers. It's called washable lint roller or something. Yeah. For dog hair, cool. Okay, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all for that. Have you seen? Um, I think it's Shark, the vacuum manufacturing company. Have you got a Shark Hoover, Johnny? That's got the hair removal. No, but I've seen, I've seen what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. Because if if you've ever had a Dyson stand-up vacuum cleaner and hair or something's got caught in it, the sound that occurs it it emanates a noise that is like what I imagine Judgment Day will sound like. It is. So painful. And it just. Well, so that was happening upstairs. I had to keep muting my mic about 10 minutes ago because the upstairs neighbors seem to be just like, I think they're deaf or something. They're just hovering. The ones that used to have sex. Uh, It's the same flat, but they've rotated. So they've gone from sex to loud hovering with lots of hair. Was no person who kept deferring their alarm by a couple of minutes every morning as well. (laughs) Yeah, she would set the alarm for 5 a.m. and then snooze it every 10 minutes for two hours. Oh, my um, God. And so, just because she must enjoy snoozing or something. So I, um, she knocked on the door because I had a parcel for it. And I was like, oh, by the way, you know your Alexa, do you mind just... It, so what, what happened was um, every night you just hear like a mumble and then an alarm is set for 5 a.m an alarm is set for 5 10 a.m an alarm is set for 5 20 a.m all the way up to 7 a.m what did she say when you asked her to stop being such a prick <laughs> looked a bit surprised well because you've like she'll, she'll feel, feel seen and exposed because it, it's like probably her little habit that you know what a solution done. to this would be seth it would probably maybe cost someone will be able to tell us in the comments but i reckon it would cost less than 1500 pounds 
and I think that you would be able to um, extend the cord of your lamp, put a layer of sound insulation in, put another board in, and then put a slightly lower ceiling in with more, with the same plastering over, and then put your light back in. And I reckon for 1,500 quid, you could, depending on how much sound from above you contributes to your life's uh, misery, I reckon you could get rid of it for probably about a grand. Well, as, as in soundproof my ceiling? Yes. Not not ask her to soundproof her floor? Alternatively. Well, it's, but, a, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's one and the same. You could also just get some great earplugs. Or AirPod Pros. Like get like, sh- you know, shotgun shooting ear defenders and then be out like a light. The, the more annoying things when you're podcasting, to be honest, because yeah. that just immortalizes we haven't it. Picked, we haven't, I haven't heard anything. But, That's because I've been tact, tactfully. Uh, uh, tactically. Right. Yeah. As, as is tradition toward the end of a Life Hacks episode, stuff that we have been either reading or watching on Netflix and such. And I am going to open up with Marcella. I've seen it. What do you think? It's all right. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Have you seen all of it? Have you seen all of the seasons? Yeah, right up to the Irish season. Really, really peters out towards the end, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. So it lags yeah. a little bit. But I just saw... Strong thought, opening. Yeah, it was It was different. Uh, it's a sort of a like an edgy line of duty, less about the actual storylines and more about the um, main character who is going through some dissociative psychotic breaks and you kind of see this get worse and then the end of season two is probably one of the biggest twists in a story that i've seen in quite a while i just thought it was quite compelling it's on itv uh which annoyingly unless you upgrade for three pounds 99 a month on itv hub has inbuilt hard-coded adverts on tv that you can't get past however they have a seven-day ITV Hub Pro free trial, no obligation. So if you and if really... you register in the Czech Republic, <laughs> you postcode to somewhere in Russia, and you can get it for they can never pence. they can never catch you. Uh, but you can just if you want to pound through three seasons of Marcella, you can do it uh, within the window of time of that. But yes, that's my first one, Johnny. What you been watching or reading or YouTube videoing recently? Um... Time on BBC with Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. Blasted. Blasted. <laughs> you blasted. I love it. Have you seen that mega mix, that super cut of all the time <laughs> that Sean Bean said blasted? In, no. What's that show that he was in for millions of seasons? Not Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It was it like the Napoleon Bonaparte shit where it's from. Oh, um, oh God. Anyway, that thing. Um, and it's like it, a single word. Highlander or something like that. No. Frontier. No. Sharp. Yes, thank you. Yes, looks like it should have been called... should have called it Highlander. Uh, but anyway, there's a super cut of him saying, Bastard! All the, t- all the different times he does it. Anyway, time. So he, he, has, he has his, like... I think it's what his natural accent is. He's like, excuse me, mate. He's like, it's brilliant. <laughs> Nailed it. It's, it. So it's a very, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I've not been to prison, so I can't, but I imagine it's a very, uh, quite, so I'll normally watch things in the evening and like to wind down before I go to bed. This actually kept me up because it's so like intense. Yeah. It's a I mean, huge it's anti-advert, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, we we did a podcast with a doctor who has just come out of prison after two years, and his description was. He sounded also, so. I've listened to that. He sounded fairly relaxed about the whole thing. I thought. Yeah, I mean, he so, got day leave to go and do a masters. Yeah, that helps. Do you it? think Sean Bean should have just asked to be transferred do a, to this? I do a masters. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, right. Time. What's it on? I play BBC. Cool. I like it. Seth, what you got? The Mortal Kombat movie, 2021. <laughs> you described this last night over dinner as the sort of movie that six-year-old you would have designed the time. The, the ten-year-old. Story. Ten-year-old. Okay. Ten-year-old me, like it. The yeah, the plot was written by a year nine, so thirteen-year-old. But it's it's you for anyone born around 1990. It was a cultural phenomenon. And so to see it realized in with very good production value and it's brilliant. It's, it's very much like satisfying you in a child. It's not the kind of thing to take your girlfriend to. I think, <laughs> I think definitely would not be very popular, but it's what it is, is the contrast. So they, cause they did a, they did a film back in 1993 or something and at the time, I remember watching it and being like, whoa, this is really scary, really graphic. And you've got like Scorpion takes off his mask and he's like a flaming skull. And looking back, it's actually a bit naff. Like it's all like, you know, clearly a polystyrene that's been dipped in petrol and set on fire and things. But when you see the contrast against the current film, it's like, oh, this is good. There's lots of like silly little quips and the occasional gratuitous, like someone reaches into someone's into this like big reptile's heart and pulls it out and then says like fatality and all that oh, stuff a, but, so there's some cheese kind of fourth wall breaking i mean you're watching a mortal Kombat movie it's a movie based on a video game that was cheesy it was always going to be that that's hey if you if you reckon it's good i've just gone back and looked at what we suggested on the last life hacks did both of you watch three identical strangers no or did yeah. you not but you did you said I did. Yeah, what did you think? Do you enjoy it? Fantastic. Like re- it, you come away with a real sadness about Yeah, it's quite melancholy, hum- eh? Yeah, humanity's like level of cruelty. Mm. I think you Johnny, it's the I'm really I don't want to spoil it. So, so I've just realized why I've not watched it. And it's quite an well, it's not embarrassing but stupid. It's in my to read list. Yeah, well, you see struggle with that, I imagine. Apple Notes. It's, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, very it's, now the, it's now on the correct list. Cool. So no, uh, no one needs to worry. My next one is Gangs of London. I think uh, both me and Johnny have watched this film or a series. 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 It's brilliant. Very shit hot. It's probably the best series I've watched this year. It's probably better than the most recent season of Line of Duty, which ended like a damp squib. Um, I, I think it might be the best series ever. It's really good. It's an hour long each episode for six or seven episodes. Um, it's huge budget. Each individual episode looks like a movie. It's got full star-studded cast, including some new people that you won't be familiar with, a couple of guys out of Peaky Blinders. It actually, the first episode, watches like a Guy Ritchie film. You yeah. know, where they're fighting in the bar, and it's all, all right, mate, you fucking, you want some, do you? Like, it's all kind of real cockney gangster shit. Um, and it just everything gets wrecked and it's so good it's so fucking good hbo 
I think HBO. Yeah, so it's no, on Sky Atlantic. Like Sky Atlantic, yeah. yeah. So anywhere you can watch Sky Atlantic. Yeah, now TV um, or whatever has it. I I was superbly impressed. How do you guys manage to span multiple networks? I feel like it's hard enough just trying to navigate like suggestions. One same as this. So what? So peep, word of mouth, and then you go. Oh, I'm going to get a subscription to these different things. Oh no, no. So I have. Um, I have a completely legal, um, <laughs> of course, amendment to my fire, my Amazon Fire Stick, um, which, through using a VPN, is again completely legal via Argentina, um, but gives me access to a, a a few more, a few more channels and movies and stuff than than might usually be typical. Uh, but the way that it works, you can favorite different movies on that stick to a central home screen and both my housemates are quite big into films and movies. So we all, whenever someone suggests something to us, we just favorite it and put it in there. And then it means that we all have a pool of stuff to watch. That's brilliant. Yeah. So we're just crowdsourcing. We're, we're, crowd, we're three degrees of separation away from whatever, a thousand degrees of separation each of different <laughs> things. And um, one of, one of my housemates is super into movies and, and series and stuff, and there's always something good in there, always. And uh, Gangs of London was was one of them. Oh, what's that? What's the guy that's just been cancelled for? Um, not not Kano. Who's the guy that? Noel was, Clark. Yes, Noel Clark. Um, the what was it called? Viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that's really good. That was really good. But didn't they not? published the final episode because so it's, it's available on itv player but it never got aired on tv right okay so i can go on to itv player and watch the final yeah, yeah. episode yeah yeah that was good until that, he started touching all the cast wasn't it yeah the, it's interesting that you said not kano because if you google him there's loads of articles about how they constantly get mistaken for one another i think so, they were in a film together i think they look fairly similar similar ages similar builds they're always uh, playing think, the same characters. So that's it. Like they're in they're in similar films, similar series, playing a similar kind of role. Except one raps and the other one touches people. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know who either of them are, but it's not it's not <laughs> ideal to be mistaken for professional toucher if you're yeah. a professional rapper. Johnny, anything else? Any other ones that you've watched? I don't or know read? whether we've I don't know whether we've mentioned this one before. It's a film. Um called Knives Out. You seen it before? Um, so it's a bit it, like it's a it's almost like a it's a, it's a bit lighthearted. It's like a game of Cluedo, but a, a real it's like a it, it's really hard to describe how, how, what, what sort of film it is because it isn't like a true story and it isn't completely serious. It's based it's like a Cluedo whodunit situation. Daniel Craig's in it and he does a Texas accent in it. Which initially is like, what the hell are you doing, mate? But then you, st- then you, it, 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 Daniel Craig is fantastic in it. Lots of very famous actors. Um, it did really well. It got lots of uh, recognition. But it's called Knives Out. Would highly recommend. Where's that on? It's a film. So like, I'm sure it. I mean, I watched it like a year ago. So I think it'll be on Prime or Netflix or something like that. Got you, Seth. I have been watching a seminar by a guy called Michael Raduga about so he calls it the phase and it's if if you've heard of 
lucid dreaming or astral projection or out of body experiences it it's basically all of these like hypnagogic semi-sleep states that he just calls the phase and it's fascinating the phase did you say the phase. yeah it's How a three hour r-a-d-u-g-e-r raduga yeah sounds like a pasta yeah linguini is um is this on youtube yeah cool. i actually used to work in a pasta factory when i was younger but i got fired because i made a few silly mistakes this is a joke what did you do i'm not uh a oh, few silly oh oh one of the pharmacists came and said that to me when i was like mid i think i was like mid cannulating someone or something and i was like oh yeah okay and then like 10 minutes later you're like uh right yeah anyway shit, but yeah <laughs> so, so it's well, it's basically a, a walkthrough of how to achieve these um states where your body goes to sleep your mind stays awake and you're able to navigate the inside of your mind in a very like spatial way which is pretty cool have you been able to replicate this no i've been i've only been doing it for like two days it takes like months of practice but um it's a very systematic method to doing it. So if anyone's interested in exploring that, that world, I've it's had a very one, practical. one lucid dream before that I, well, I suppose you have to remember them, don't you? Otherwise that it's not a lucid dream, but yeah, mm. I had one lucid dream before, which, and then as soon as you like realize what's happening, it jolts you out of it. Yeah. There's lots right. of practices to not get like excited being like, Oh yes, I'm in the, and then you're like oh, pulled back to your body. Oh, so damn it. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, Jed McKenna, I told both of you guys about this over dinner last night. Uh, I got introduced to his book through Jim O'Shaughnessy when he came on the podcast. And I get tons of book recommendations, but for some reason this one stuck with me and I'm really glad that it did. He is a enlightened mystic, I suppose technically, although he hates the, the term mystic. And he's written a series of three books just about his experience as someone that's enlightened now you'd think, well, how many other people claim to be enlightened? You've got books from the Buddha and so on and so forth. But Jed McKenna is an alias, and he's never revealed who he truly is. So you would say, well, why would someone claim to be enlightened if they're only using an alias, if they're not going to then repay themselves with the brand equity to a personal brand by being the person that is enlightened? And upon reading it, it's basically a 50% a journal, 50% a reflection on his journey to get to where he is. But he often just talks about discourses that he's had. He's just sat down with someone and he, he was waiting at a coffee shop and this 17-year-old girl came over and started jibbing him for being the person that's supposed to be enlightened. And um, then they end up going on a bike ride and he talks about this experience. But he's very much no BS. There's some swearing throughout the book. And I, I've never read something that's made me so convinced through two-dimensional a, a two-dimensional form that is plain words on a screen that don't move that somebody is enlightened like the clarity that he writes with is outrageous and there's three books and they all have the same cover and they all have the same like shit windows 98 clip art photo of a border collie on the front it's almost purposefully as if it's written to put people off from reading it that don't know what it is and i so wonder excited if to read this i wonder if that's part of it man it's Awesome. You can't get it on Audible. It doesn't exist on Audible. He didn't get anyone to do an audiobook for it. Um, there's no videos of him on the internet. There's some 
amateur done home narrations of the book over kind of nice images, I guess. But that's as far as you get. Well, luckily, I'm I'm going to listen to it using Speech Central. <laughs> Little bonus life hack there. It's a free app for iPhone that turns any PDF into a like scrubbable audiobook. Speech Central. Yeah. But you have so to get you've... the PDF. You can't just use it natively whilst browsing the internet or whatever, which is like Speechify. Spe- yeah, it's not like it, it's done for like a library. So PDFs or um, and you can say you can export it as like a MP3 as well. And it reads the PDF. Yeah, you can even take photos of books. So like scan things and it'll, it'll the, turn um, into an audio book. What are the voices like? Are the voices any good? Just like the Apple Siri ones. Okay, that Speechify thing, I haven't tried it yet, but I know that he's friends with Ali, the dude that owns it, and there, those guys seem to be really working hard to try and get whatever you call robotic voices as naturalistic as possible. I think that's that technology is going to boom over the next two years. I don't get how you can do deep fakes of someone, and yet text-to-speech is still, <laughs> still a, a bit, bit janky. Rubbish. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's probably running ahead of what's commercially available. Maybe that's what the iPhone 13's holding back to <laughs> have something to to give us all. To just take phone calls for you. Oh, oh God. Imagine. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that's just our dream, you isn't both it? heard the, like, the, Google, the Google AI assistant like in a, in a hair salon answering the phone and dealing with Fuck inquiries. Yeah, I have. That I have is heard incredible. That. That, yeah. It, well, you can say, Google, please book a haircut for me at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Oh no! no, no this is the reverse. Where, like the Google Assistant, is, like works in the salon and answers the phone, oh. and like someone says, like, "Oh, have you got any availability on Thursday?" And it like so works you could out have what Google that means. being your customer support, basically. Yeah, I think they did. They not test it to see if people could tell whether it was a real person or not, and no one could tell. I've seen a was... video of it. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah. Learn to code hairdressers. Get on, <laughs> yeah. get on Python and C C plus <laughs> plus. You're gonna have to learn to code. I think this is one of Google's like black ops operations where yeah. there's like a, yeah, it's a search engine, but we also have like 10 companies underneath us that are just developing all these pretty worrying bits of software. Oh, here's another one. Actually. I don't know how anyone can access this because it's on my completely legal and totally VPN secured stick, uh, but it's called next. Uh, and I want to say it's on ABC or NBC in America. And it is about a, um, misaligned super intelligent artificial general intelligence that gets released out into the world and they wow. then have to try and control it but it's completely factually accurate in terms of the different ways that the architecture would need to be constructed so it's someone that's read super intelligence by nick bostrom and Bostrom must have like consulted yeah. for it yeah, well either that or they've read the book because they talk about recursive uh self-improvement they talk about intelligence explosions they talk about uh whole brain emulation um, it's on this server. It's trying to get out. It's manipulating shit. Like it's very dramatized, obviously, and it's like it kills this guy's father in front of him, and all this stuff happens. But it's it's a pretty good watch, especially if you're into existential risk. It's basically like X risk dramatized. It's pretty cool. It's it's funny. I was talking to Ben the other day, who says that like ninety percent of his headspace at the moment is consumed by the singularity and the existential risk and i was like oh ben like 90 percent of my headspace is consumed by like the note-taking app singularity like when that's all when they're all gonna converge someone i didn't answer this question on the q a uh but someone asked 
how do you not become blackpilled when you're learning about so much existential risk? Like, how do you not just go full nihilism? And um, it is a good question. I think, I think my nihilism is defeated only by my sort of laissez-faire approach to life generally. That my um, laziness is the is the antidote to that. Um, but yeah, the, I, I totally get why people go to the Future of Humanity Institute and completely dedicate their entire lives to trying to solve these problems. So that I think that's my question with it is like, when does that happen? You know what I mean? You What's get the like threshold so, that you cross. Yeah, you, you get so you. The more you read about it, the more you learn about it. You're like, okay, this is a problem, and you're like, oh shit, this is really a big problem. Mm. When do you just drop everything? and go and like go and get in the first trench and try and help out. Well, I mean, none of us are working on the single biggest most important problem that we have in our lives at all times. You know, we we get distracted by things that are of lower priority. I think you actually need to be a, a very sort of unique and single-minded type of person to even take that kind of an approach. Um mm. It's a very like selfless thing, isn't it, to say I'm going to pursue something that like has no immediate financial gain for me, or Fuck, look at it's Rob- just all about the future of humanity. Yeah, look at the effect of altruism movement. Like, look at the people that are doing EA properly, like Rob Wibblin from Eighty Thousand Hours. Like, he is spending his life trying to work out the best way to get other people to spend their lives in service to work. And if they can't do it in service to work, he's working out what's the best way for people to give some of their wage every single year toward the most effective altruistic um, donations that, they, that you can. Like he is uh, like orders of magnitude above being selfless. He's being selfless for being selfless for people being selfless. Crazy. The thing that Jordan Peterson said on your interview with him, where it's something like, you know, whatever you find yourself being interested in, that's the thing you should just absolutely double down on. And then as long as we have a broader, broad enough spectrum of people with interests, like, most things are covered so you end up with, I, I can't someone was saying like someone had been researching influenza viruses and like had loads of research about covid when it happened because it just was something that he, he was interested in was that one of you two no but it yeah. doesn't it totally doesn't surprise but me you, that... you end up with these like really niche situations because it's just someone's passion and they just decide to devote their entire life to it and as a result we end up with this spread of things so there's, there's also the the counter argument of like if everybody just did that then there's a lot of things that suddenly get dropped and a lot of a lot of life just sort of ceases to function anyway. We need so. the, the the way that it works is there's a normal distribution for a reason, right? The fattest part of the distribution tends to be in the middle on the things that people converge on. Um, and this is the topic of my TED talk, right? Like it's your duty to give the world what the universe what only you can give it because only you can, and that's how we maximize human potential civilizationally. Um, but you are right as well that as people get more and more opportunities to do something, if someone just becomes like a, a professional Watsits eater, you know, mm-hmm. just dissecting the minutiae of how to eat a Watsit in the most optimal way, you think, well, that's probably a bit of a waste of a life. But if you have to pay that price, you have to have the Watsit eater for the influenza specialist, then I don't know, maybe. But like people, you know, things still need to happen, don't they? Like things Lights still need, still to, need run. to turn on. Yeah. 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 So like if not everybody can just optimize like that because then, Unless some people are really interested in, like, you know, driving a bus or, you know, and that's their absolute passion and things still run fine. But Robots, man. This has been, this has been quite, a, quite a detour. Uh, anyway, I think we're probably about there. We'll leave it there. What's been happening in propane world? Is there anything new for people that want to become online coaches to know about with you guys? 
there's a the the link the training that we always promote has been updated cool talk it's now even better it's just more it's just more complete so like the more people we work with the more like stuff we test we're always like hey we did this and it worked with this many people so we added into the training so the, the free kind of module that we give away the reason we give it away is like people who don't want to work with us or the people who can't afford to work with us it's like well this is everything you need to have like a decent crack at it yourself if you try it and you get stuck press that button and speak to us otherwise there you go so that's just been updated same link which is i think you know it chris but there's two is it propanefitness.com slash modern wisdom is that one yeah that's the main one cool well it's much more gooder than it was before Better yeah, than it was, was before. Better. Yeah. better and gooder. Both of them. I like it. Uh, so yes, if you're an online coach uh, or a PT offline coach that's looking to transition online or just increase your revenue, that's the place to go. Propanefitness.com slash modern wisdom. Gents, until next time, maybe it'll be on my couch. I don't know. Yes. If I, like I think it will be. Legally permitted um, and vaccinated. What was the last one we did on the couch? God, the Sienna Day one? No, we'd have done some life hacks ones since then. I think, yeah. It might have been the Christmas one um, that we did just before February, yeah. unless we slotted one in between then and, and the, the February-March shutdown. I don't know. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for tuning in. PropaneFitness.com slash Modern Wisdom if you want to go and check out what the boys do. And if you need any of the links for what we've gone through today in terms of life hacks, they're in the show notes below. Feel free to submit your uh, life hacks in the comments as well or send them to someone Preferably not me, but send them to someone and they might appear on this podcast somehow. Gentlemen, hey, thanks, bye. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget that you can receive a 20% discount site-wide across everything that Reebok sells at reebok.co.uk with the code MW20. And you can get the perfect straight smile that you've always dreamed of 70% cheaper than other Invisible Align methods by going to dwaligners.co.uk. Peace.